Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Take your Bible, please, and let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We, most of you may already know this verse of Scripture, be familiar with this verse of Scripture, but uh, there's always something to learn, always something to learn. No matter how much you think you know, there's always something to learn. Do you know why that is? I mean, you can memorize a textbook that a man wrote and know what he knows, but the difference from that textbook and the Bible is that the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. And so there are layers and layers of meaning, layers of revelation for everybody to get. That's why you, you can hear almost the same message preached time after time after time and get something different out of it uh, because the Holy Spirit not only brings revelation you know, through, the, through the ministry of the Word or the preaching of the Word or the teaching of the Word, he, he, also, he also brings illumination from the inside of your own heart. How many of you are thankful for that? I mean, the Holy Spirit is in you, not only, so, not only uh, so that you can tell somebody about the Holy Spirit or, or, or about the Word of God, but he's, he's in the hearer as well, especially if you're already saved. He, he's, in, he's in you translating what he wants you to hear, what he knows you need for your own life. And so uh, some of the things that we preach about here an awful lot, a few of the things that we keep talking about over and over because these are, these are recurrent themes throughout the New Testament. We preach here a lot about faith. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I say, we preach here a lot about faith, right? Yeah. And, and about the grace of God. And we preach about the love of God, the unmerited, unearned favor of God manifested in His love and grace toward us. We talk an awful lot about the covenant, what it means for the blood of Jesus. We'll talk about the cross, but we're rarely ever going to mention the cross without talking about the purpose of the cross, which was to shed Jesus' blood to make a covenant with us. Glory be to God. Not going to get all religious and start selling crosses in the bookstore, you know, so everybody can have one to be, you know, to do obeisance to. That's just not that's just not what the Bible really teaches about the cross. The cross was that which released the power of God when the blood of Jesus was shed to make a covenant between God. God and men, hallelujah. Can I have a good amen here? That's what the whole purpose was. It's about the blood. You're going to hear us talk a lot about the covenant and the blood. But one of the things that we talk about incessantly is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And we are now in this series called Empowered. And it's not enough to have a good doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We have a good doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that the, the statement that we, that we put forth as a, as a church about, about the Holy Spirit himself, the doctrine, the theology of the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's unquestioned throughout the Scriptures that he is a person. He is a person. I said he is a person. He's not just a, an, a faceless, non-personal entity or agent of some kind. He is a person to be known and to, to have interaction with. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Just as Jesus is a person, the Father is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person to get to know. Can I have a good amen? You can know, you can know the Holy Spirit as He knows you. I mean, He knows you, right? He knows you. He knows me. Uh, uh, I could hear my own body tell me, you need to lose weight, holler. I can hear my own body tell, I, my clothes tell me that periodically, you need to lose weight. 
uh, every other commercial on television tells me I need to lose weight. Huh? You know, I read the Bible sometimes. You know, I don't know about you, but, but God makes the Bible real personal to JTH. Does he, does he do that to you? You know, I read the book of Ephesians thinking I'm going to hear all about the church, and all it says is lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. What? You know, you can preach on any sin in the world, but when you preach on being too fat, it gets real quiet in church. Have you noticed that? It gets real quiet in church. <laughs> Man, that'll be a jump. Yeah, you preach against that adultery, but boy, you go to preaching on any. And, but I'm preaching to me, I'm just telling you. And he could have said it any way to me. But a few days ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in the strangest way. You may have had this kind of experience. I had a moment... It's just, I'd just gotten out of bed. It was early in the morning, and Miss Ann was already up and made coffee and was out on the patio reading her Bible, reading her, 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 her devotionals. And I uh, had this snap vision, just an open vision, just snapped like that. And I saw her saying to someone else while she's looking at me, saying, look at my husband, and smiling and looking at my flat tummy. And I looked down, of course, you know, it, it was just a fiction, a fig, figment of my imagination because I still had a tummy, you know, out there. And uh, it's just about three days ago. And I walked out there and told her, I said, I'm losing weight. She said, really? <laughs> Brenda, I know you're happy about that. Uh, <laughs> I said, said, I'm losing weight. She said, why? I said, the Lord just let me see something in the most unusual way. Because he knows what means most to me is what you think of me. See, I don't need a whole bunch of women caring that I'm Superman. I just need one woman making me feel like Superman. Come on, fellas. Huh? Women, are you listening? They don't care, they don't care what other women think of them. They just want to know that there's one woman on this planet that thinks he's Superman. And keeps talking about him like that. Well, anyway, my little Lois Lane makes me feel like Superman. And I said, I said, I... I'm going to lose weight. She said, why? Why? I said, because I, I think the Lord let me, just spoke to me something in your voice. Well, so I worked on it a little bit that day. I got up the next morning, I'd lost two pounds. I worked on it a little bit the next day. Got up the next morning, I'd lost two more pounds, four pounds. Well, now she's mad at me because she don't lose weight that fast. I thought, honey, four pounds. Four pounds to you is a whole big percentage of your weight. Four pounds to me is like, you know, taking a real good shower. <laughs> it's just not that much. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I got up this morning and I'd lost another pound. So in three days, I've lost five pounds. Why? Not because I wanted to go on a diet. I'm telling you that. I don't like diets. You know, you can't even say the word without using the word die. I don't like them. I don't like them. It wasn't my idea. But the Holy Ghost just said something. So, and it was something that I already knew. But let me say to you, something you already know. Open your heart for the Holy Spirit to speak to you in some way today that you might not be used to. He's wanting to change your life. Now, that's just a small thing. That's just a small thing, what I shared with you. But I shared it with you because I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And he's speaking to you today about being empowered. The reason, it's not just enough to have a theology. 
The Holy Spirit came to empower you. That is to make whatever was weak in you obsolete so that his power can manifest in you. I don't know about you, but I don't have all the power I need. Huh? David Garner does, but I need power. Right? I need power. Everybody needs the power of God working in your life. You shall receive. Did you notice the first three words of that verse? Put it up there, would you? You shall receive power. You shall receive. Everybody say, I shall receive. You shall receive power. You shall receive. It didn't say that you were going to conjure up power. It didn't say that you were going to get all that good to have this power. It didn't say you were going to generate this power or initiate this power. It didn't say you were going to do anything with this power or about this power or even promote this power except to receive this power. Listen to me. This is not your power. That means it does. this is not a man-made thing. We are not Pentecostals and Charismatics and full gospel. In reality, all we are is people who have received something from God. It makes no difference who we were. All that matters is who he is working his power in our lives. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? You shall receive. That tells you that it has nothing to do with you. It's something you have to receive from God. Ooh. You shall receive. I like the part where it said you shall. He didn't say you may. You Let's hope so. I mean, you know, it could accidentally happen. He didn't say, you never know what God might do. Did he? No, he said, you shall receive. I'd like you to look at two people and say, you shall receive. Come on, look them right in the eye. Come on, look them right now. You shall receive. You shall receive. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Let's turn there. Take our Bibles. Acts 10, 38. I know we're, we're being a bit topical today. And I have a number of preaching students in this room today. I only teach expository teach, preaching in my role as professor. But in my role as pastor, we do a lot of things. I want you to see Acts chapter 10, verse 38. But you shall receive power. Now, fellas, we're going to go a long way with this. But you shall receive power. Whoa, 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 pardon me. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Don't, don't you see this? What this is really saying is that Jesus, when he received the Holy Ghost, was empowered to do something. Not enough just to have a Holy, a Holy Ghost theology. Holy Spirit means you're empowered. That means that the weaknesses that were once in your life are now defunct and power has taken its place. I believe that the church of the living God is not powerful in the way that it could be and should be because it doesn't know what the Holy Spirit came to do. They thought, we've all thought, that we were supposed to have a good theology concerning the Holy Spirit. And that's good, but it's not enough. It wasn't the real purpose so that you could go around talking about your theology of the Holy Spirit. The real reason the Holy Ghost came was to change things, to make our lives different, to cause things to happen for good. 
to empower you. And he's not just going to drop it out of heaven. He wants to empower people to make the change. You see, it still is humankind that has the authority that God gave Adam, that God gave Noah, and that he gave every woman, boy, and man, and little girl a faith to take charge and to rule this planet. God does not take sides. God only takes over. And God came to take over this whole world through his body, an empowered body that knows who they are and what can be done by the power of the Holy Ghost. Pardon me, but this has turned me on today. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And with power. The Holy Ghost means power, ladies and gentlemen. It just means power. It means power in preaching. It means power in praying. It means power in living. It means power in giving. It means power in raising kids. It means power on your job. It means power to prosper. It means power to heal and be healed. It means power in your life. I'm only preaching it like this because I want you to hear it and believe it. Because faith comes by hearing. If you can just hear the simple, unadulterated, childlike truth of this, your life will change. Our lives will change. You don't have to live that mediocre, mundane, ho-hum, tedious kind of life. You can live a life that's above that of your neighbors. You can live a life of that which is above those who live around you. You can live a life that is above all the people who work at your workplace and all of them who whimper and whine about the president, who whimper and whine about the job market, who whimper and whine about housing, who whimper and whine about, oh my God, this is that and this is that and that's this and I don't know how we're ever going to make it. No, I don't know how you're going to make it either unless you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit means empowered. You are empowered. This word just is almost synonymous with the Holy Spirit. Power. Dunamis. I love that word. Look at verse 39 of Acts chapter 10. And we are witnesses of these things. Now, let me tell you where Peter is. Most of you know this. We've talked about this considerably. It is the most important moment in the book of Acts concerning your salvation. You thought Acts chapter 1 was, or Acts chapter 2, didn't you? Or Acts chapter something or other. No, this one is. This is the pinnacle moment. This is what is considered the bellwether, the keynote, the the first moment, first mention, they tell us in, in hermeneutics. The first mention of a Gentile being saved without being circumcised, without keeping the law. Here he is. God, just like you. Caesarea Philippi. But he could have lived in McKinney. Because to the Jews, there's only the Jews and everybody else. It don't matter to them what town, what country, what nation, what city, what, what continent you're from. If you're not Jewish, you're just Gentile, pagan, heathen, worthy of nothing but the hell you deserve. And that's how Peter thought. We're preaching the gospel to a bunch of uncircumcised. No. And then an angel shows up and starts talking to him, and it has three dream, three visions, rather. You know the story. And he winds up at Cornelius' house, this uncircumcised pagan Roman. That it says was a devout man, however. He had he had he was trying to forsake his paganism 
and worship the one true God. And don't, don't, mis don't misunderstand. He was not worshiping the God of the Jews. He was worshiping the one true God that every human being knows. I don't care how pagan they are, how far away they are. Don't buy into the lie. Do not buy into the evolutionistic lie that men sort of slithered up out of primordial ooze somehow and don't know there's a God. Are you kidding? They, men are not, are not evolving. Men are devolving. We are all sons of one man named Adam, and that man knew God. Every man, I don't care what jungles they come from, are aware of the one true God. If this Roman, heathen, pagan, baby-sacrificing, blood-drinking pagan knew of the one true God, every man knows of the one true God. Well, I'm an atheist. You're an idiot! You're an idiot if you think I believe that. I know what goes through your mind when the lights are turned off and the music is shut off and your friends are gone and it's just you and the bed and the darkness. I know how empty you are and I know you have questions. I want an atheist to the Lord. Tony and Bobby were there in 30 minutes. An atheist got saved and the next day got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues because I talked to her just like that. It's not important that they say they don't believe in God. What's important is that God said he doesn't believe in atheists. you got to decide who you're going to believe. You're going to believe what they say or what God says. They're liars. They're idiots. Huh? Ooh. But atheists are closer to getting saved than religious folks are. For anybody who will just hear their heart and say, I know why you don't believe this. Why you say you don't, I mean, your heart won't let you not, but I know why you say this. Because somehow you're hurt, somehow you're angry, and you've believed a lie somehow that the only person who can help you is against you. Contrary to what religion says, the Bible does not teach that God is angry at men. The Bible teaches that God vented his wrath on the Lord Jesus Christ. God took his anger out on Jesus. And when Jesus died for the sins of mankind, God got over his anger. God got over how sinful man was and poured his wrath onto Jesus. That's what the gospel teaches. And that's why you cannot be saved unless you believe that Christ died for your sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This thing is all about Jesus. Always has been, always will be. You believe this, you see. Acts chapter 10, verse 39. Peter's telling them, We are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, both they, whom they rather, slew and hanged on a tree. Verse 40. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Next. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God. Uh, before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Next. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, Jesus, which was ordained of God to be the judge of the living and the dead. Next verse. To him, that is Jesus again, give all the prophets witness that through his name. Whose name? 
Jesus' name, whosoever believes, does it sound like the gospel is about Jesus or not? That through his name, whosoever believeth in him, who? Jesus, shall receive the remission of sins. And verse 44 says, while Peter yet spake these words. What words? Whoever believes on the name of Jesus. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And verse 45 says, And they of the circumcision, that is his Jewish brethren, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Four, verse 46, four. Stop right there. I bought a new car for... Have I told you what, do you know anything about the story, really? Do you know the story yet? Huh? All you know is I bought a new car, but you don't know the four yet, do you? You don't know what I'm about to say, do you? But you know that what I'm about to say is going to make buying the car make sense. Everybody with me? I'm going to see if this side over here reads their Bible. I bought a new car for, Right? You don't, know, you don't know the story yet, do you? Okay, okay, tell us. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did that make sense? You bought a new car. What, whoa, whoa, four, four. It says they were astonished and knew that these people were in the, the family of faith, the spiritual family, for. For what? They heard them speak in tongues. Now, nobody, nobody here is saved. That you have to be speaking in tongues to be saved. All we're saying is. That's how they knew they were. That's how they knew they were. I wonder. What would happen. If God's people became unashamed. About speaking in tongues. I wonder what would happen. Come on. What would happen if God's people just said, you know what, I'm not ashamed of that. In fact, this is how I magnify God. I wonder if people wouldn't want to me to witness to them and know who I am and where I stand huh? if I was unashamed. Now, I'm not saying you need to go around speaking in tongues at, when you're trying to get a raise. Walk into your boss man and say, I need to talk to you for a few minutes start speaking in tongues. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You'll be calling me up, Pastor, what went wrong? I did what you said. No, no, no. But I'm saying, saying when we pray, I've been invited to many pastors' prayer meetings, citywide prayer meetings over the years, and I've gone to almost all of them that I've been invited to. And nearly all of them have done, have done everything they can to offend me. I don't get offended real easy. But because one time it was actually written out. I got a card. We're all sitting there. Here are the rules for our prayer. We're going to do this, this, this. And in parentheses, no tongues, please. No tongues, please. No tongues, please. So we can't speak in any languages. This isn't a language. So we're just going to sit around and go, what are we going to do? No, no languages at all? 
Don't we all speak languages here? Well, we, what, 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 we mean, what we mean, brother, is uh, uh, no glossolalia. <laughs> no, what? i got to speak in tongues to say that word. What are you talking about? <laughs> Speaking in tongues is not a weird, spooky thing. It's part of Christianity. It's a part of Christianity that religious Christianity wants to forget about. It's not the Holy Spirit, but then again... And again, maybe it is. We've made it too much of a gift instead of him. We said the tongues is a gift, and we should seek the gifts, not the giver. Hang on, hang, hang on, hang on. The Bible doesn't really teach that they're gifts for the people who are using them. The Bible teaches they are manifestations of the Spirit. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 calls them, manifestations of the Spirit. Everybody hear me. Hear this good. Hear this well. The manifestations of the Spirit are these, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, so forth, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. The manifestations of the Spirit are these. You hear what that's saying? Manifestations of the Spirit. I've asked this question before. How many red-blooded American men in this room to love your grandma? Let me see your hand. I'd like every, every red-blooded American man to stand up. The, every red-blooded American man stand up who loves his grandma. If you don't love your grandma, just stay seated. I don't blame you. If you don't like her, I don't like her either. <laughs> okay, every red-blooded American man in here, he love your grandma. Now, I think i got 100% participation here. I mean, grandmas just don't do anything wrong, you understand? If they do, you just don't see it. Don't pay any attention to it. You call it right. <laughs> right? You love your grandma, right? You all love your grandma. Let me ask you something. I'm just going to pick you out at random. You walk into your best friend's house. He's got your grandma's picture up on the wall, and he's throwing darts at it. I just want to ask, I just want to take a few random. Uh, Mr. Salinas. What you going to do right there? Come on, be honest. What you going to do right there? The guy's throwing darts at your grandma's picture. Not at your grandma, just her picture. What you going to do? Box his face. Open hand or, or closed fist? Closed fist. What you going to do, Don? Pull a gun. <laughs> huh? You carry a handgun, at least you're going to show it to him, aren't you? <laughs> What you going to do, Charles, karate expert? He wouldn't like it, huh? He wouldn't like it, huh? James, what you going to do? Take him down. Take him down. What are you going to do, brother? You're going to hurt him. You're going to hurt him. What's some of the young guys? What you going to do there in the green striped shirt? Huh? You take the darts and throw them at him? Young Richard, what you going to do? Do the same thing, throw the darts at him? Well, just shout it out, fellas. What you going to do to this guy? Shout it out, what you going to do? Make him wish he hadn't done it. All right, you can be seated. Why? It's just a picture of her. I mean, it's just a manifestation of her. 
you got all been out of shape over a manifestation because you, in your heart, felt like it was her that he was. Huh? Granny wasn't even in the room. Granny wasn't even in the town. She might have been across the, across the nation. Huh? But a manifestation of her was getting abuse. Are you listening to me? You cannot disconnect the gifts from the Spirit himself. Don't say you love the Holy Spirit and hate tongues, but there's some part of him you hate. I'm not making this up. I'm just reading the Bible. I don't think anybody here hates tongues. I think some in here might just be scared. Hey, join the club. I'm, I'm scared too. Every time I hear it, it gets scared. I think, what in the world's about to happen now? I do. It's a little, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You pastors know what I'm talking about. You hear somebody, yeah, thou say the Lord, yeah, but I do. Hey, better, 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 better. And you think, well, what's, it, what's, what's about to happen now? Kind of scary. But I don't want a God that I can figure out. Because if I can figure him out, I always know everything about him, then I'm as big as he is. I don't know about you, but I want a God that's bigger than me. That's got stuff that scares me. <laughs> got stuff that's a little bit wild, a little bit strange. Huh? I, I, I mean, I, I want that because I know that the God of the universe is supposed to act bigger than me. Can I have a good amen here? It's something you receive. But you can receive his awesome power. You can receive his awesome power and it will be manifested in speaking in other tongues, this baptism of the Spirit. This means that whatever power you had before is no power at all in comparison to the Holy Spirit. Did you know it's back in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8? It says, but you shall receive power after. Everybody say power after. You shall receive power after. That's the Holy Ghost. Power after. Power is coming after the Holy Ghost is coming upon you. Not before. Not power to get the Holy Spirit. So there's nothing you need to do. Now, I know some of you are thinking, yeah, man, he's about to pray for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And hey, he's, yeah, you've got that right. We're going, to have a, we're going to have a service here. You're going to come forward. We're going to lay our hands on you, and you're going to get what you need from the Holy Ghost. I mean, this is good news. You're going to get it. But listen to me. I mean, young people, listen to me. If you've not yet received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, this is, your, this is your present. This is your gift from God. This is your, God's will for you to have this your whole life and live a Spirit-filled, empowered life your whole life. But listen, you won't get it by doing good, empowering yourself beforehand. You get it, you get the power after. Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. After. You receive it, and then comes the power. He's not talking about your natural ability with intuition. He's not talking about your natural ability to be generous. Not talking about your, your ability to make money. He's not talking about your gift, your gift of gab. He's not talking about any power of the natural senses. He's talking about the power that created the universe becoming a resident force and a motivating force in your life. The word dunamis means strength, power, ability, inherent. Strength, power, ability, inherent. Listen to this. I love this. Inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. And I'm finished with this. I received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
in spite of what I'd been taught. In spite of what I'd been taught. Not because I've been, I've been taught that you could have the Holy Spirit, but I've been, I received in spite of it. I wanted it so bad. Everybody I knew spoke in tongues. I was raised as a, as a Pentecostal boy. And I loved it. I loved the strangeness of it. I loved going to church and seeing who's going to get a miracle this week. I did. I loved it. Even as a kid growing up. And I was always afraid of God. Because I knew he could do anything. If he could do all these miracles, he could kill me. And I deserved killing. <laughs> Come on, don't look so religious. You did too. You know you did. But, but I didn't know that he had settled his anger with Jesus. I didn't know that. And uh, so I, 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 I was hungry for God. I'd come to the Lord, you know, and I was so hungry for God. I was 20 years old or thereabouts. I was so hungry for God, and I lie in bed. I remember one night I was lying in bed, and I said, oh, God, I want this, I want this, I want this. And he, 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 didn't, uh, he didn't give it to me. He said, I want it, I want it, I want it. He didn't give it to me. I want it, I want it. He didn't give it to me. But, but I'd heard a story about a woman getting it in the kitchen. So I got up out of bed and went in the kitchen and fell on my knees in the kitchen. I thought, well, that must be where it happens. It wasn't happening at church. I answered every altar call they had. You know, and it'd always be two women praying us through. Praying us through. Praying us through. Praying through. And we prayed through and we prayed through. Now, some people got it by praying through. My mama did. And I heard my, the story of my mama. Man, she ran around the room for several hours till midnight one night at church on a sawdust floor. And this big old hot stove there. And she never opened her eyes for hours and had her hands up in the air. And she's worshiping Jesus and speaking in other tongues, going wild. Praise God. <coughs> I love that. I said, I love that. I'm not ashamed of that. That bothers you? I can't help it. it just, that's just how it was. My mom was just, she was a lunatic for Jesus. Hallelujah. She got it. She got the real thing. Got the real thing. Changed her whole life. She was empowered. You know? And it was, the most, it was just the most moving and powerful experience for her. Me? You know, I had powerful experiences, but I never spoke in tongues. And I wanted to speak in tongues. I wanted to speak in other tongues. I wanted to speak in that, that, that unlearned language of the Holy Ghost, but I just couldn't get it. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. One night I got so frustrated. I got out of bed and went in there into the kitchen and fell on my knees. And I said, God, i got to have this. You called me to preach. <coughs> I can't be the only Pentecostal preacher in the world that doesn't speak in tongues. <laughs> well, anyway, I fell down on, the, I fell down on my knees, you know, and praying. And I saw this language. In my head, I, I, words written I'd never seen before. And I said the first one on the line, which was ticker taping across, I just said it. And as soon as I said it, the devil said, that's not it. It's supposed to sound like, because that's the way Sister So-and-So's did. You know, you know, sister so-and-so. Mine didn't sound like that. It was just this one little syllable. And the devil said, that's not it. Oh, 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 okay. It was just me. I didn't have anybody to apologize to but myself. I said, oh, oh, God, oh, I was just trying. Months went by, and I got called to preach at a, at a meeting of a bunch of charismatics. You know what charismatics are? They're people, they're not Pentecostals. They're, they're people who come out of every denomination, like Baptists. How many, how many come out of a Baptist background here? Let's see, see, you have a bunch of charismatics. Okay, uh, uh, some, some were Methodists. Let me see the hands of the Methodists here. So there's Methodists down here. Uh, some were Catholic. Let me see the hands of the Catholic. Look here. Oh, oh my gosh. I was, in a, I was in a room full of people like this, and I was the speaker, and I didn't speak in tongues. 
I, we were worshiping the Lord, looked over, and there's this woman speaking in tongues. I happened to know she was Baptist. I happened to know another guy over there was Church of Christ. Not any Pentecostals in the room. Just me. The guy who don't speak in tongues. And I'm the preacher that night. I'm standing there going, uh, Lord, these people ain't Pentecostals. I wasn't really doing that, but I, just, I was just thinking, you know, they come from all denominations. How come they speak in tongues? I was born in this. I need, I want this. And the Lord said to me, you have it. I said, I do? Yeah. And this name went back to my kitchen, that one word I spoke. That, that's it? Oh, Jesus, forgive me. He said, well, do it. I went, yes, sir. So I just opened my mouth. And man, it just, and I said that one word that I said in the kitchen, but right behind it was all kinds of language coming out that I've never been able to explain since. This came rolling out. Came rolling out. We had a service there that night that was amazing. Miss Ann, she didn't speak in tongues yet either. But she's sitting over there. She came out of a church, and I'm not going to name the name of the church, but they don't have pianos in their church houses. But anyway, oh, you figured it out? Anyway, she was sitting in a chair. A lady walks over and says, would you like to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit? She said, yes. And so she prayed for her, and Ann just started speaking in tongues just like that. First time she ever went for it, just, just like that. I'm telling you, sometimes people who don't know a thing get it easier than people who've been... Pastor Eric, I want you to come up here. I want everybody in the building to stand to your feet. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.